Welcome to Immigration Uncovered, the DocketWise video podcast where we dive deep into the dynamic world of immigration law with the latest developments, cutting-edge practice management strategies, and the transformative impact of legal technology. I'm James Pittman, and I have with me Catherine Haight, who is the managing partner of Haight Law Group and the founder of Lista. Catherine, welcome. Thank you so much. It's so nice to be here. So, Catherine, you're you're a very experienced employment-based immigration attorney. You've been uh, practicing this profession for decades. So can we just recap sort of how you got to this point and, and what all, uh, you know, how it sort of dovetailed your immigration practice and then your founding of Lista? Oh, yes. Um, so, yeah, I've been practicing more than 30 years, started my own firm in 2002. And really, I'm just kind of a checklist kind of a person. So, you know, beginning of the day, what to get at CVS or, or the grocery store or whatever, I'm just into checklists. Like, I find them helpful. And in my practice, I felt that as well. And so we always kept a whole lot of checklists for how to do cases, how to open cases, uh, how to, you know, I don't know what, add money to the post machine back when we had to do that. All these little steps, because recreating them always took so much time. And what I really found in, in case processing was having the steps of what to do in a case really helped us know what to do. It helped us prevent errors. It helped us quickly know where we were on a given case at a given time. And so we kept all of these checklists on Word docs and we always were improving them. You know, CIS changes this or Department of State changes that. And so we just go into our checklist, add a step or delete a step or put it to go to a different place or whatever it was. And we found that our error rate it really went down. We could really prevent errors. We really felt that we had a better communication with our clients because we could so quickly know where we were on a case, et cetera. And the best of all was in training because when you're training, whether it's an admin, a paralegal, an attorney, you want to teach them how to do immigration law, how to do a case. And so initial training might be generally immigration, but then how do you do an H-1B? How do you do a perm, et cetera? And so putting these, these lists together really helped us get through those various pain points. And what I found was on the case management database systems, whatever they are, they're all missing that piece. And so what I wanted to do was for ourselves, our own firm, set up that piece, how to do a case from the legal side of it, not just fill out a form, but the legal analysis side. And so I just built it within my firm and we worked on it. I mean, we worked on the checklist from, you know, 2002 on. So it's years and years and years. And then building the platform, we started that in 2018, a lot of weekend work <laughs> and worked with a software developer and then got it up on a platform, which was much more useful to us than these old fashioned paper checklists. So that's how it started was really a way to make our lives easier and then everything got better. And I would say the one other thing is I, in the last probably 20 years or so of my practice, certainly the last 10, I really like helping and mentoring other attorneys. And so I'm just kind of on a mentor list where people call or email, hey, how do I do this? How do I do that? And instead of now having to go through all the different steps, I mean, an H-1B case might be 150 steps or something, I can now direct them, hey, this is what I used to sit on the phone and tell them about for hours. And instead, now there's a place where they can go. 
the how-to of an L-1 visa, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, that is uh, one of the wonderful things I think about the immigration lawyer community is it's a very open community in terms of mentoring and information sharing. I always found that to be the case. Well, we're going to look at the features of LISTA, and let's talk about how LISTA streamlines the immigration case preparation process and, and what are its key features. So this is the the first page, you know, the opening page of LISTA. Do note it's LISTA.io. We couldn't get the .com. Lista.com is owned by some kind of a data, like a file cabinet company. I don't even know whether how much longer those companies are going to stay in, in business, but we'll try and get it at some point. But it's Lista.io. And it's just, you know, we show the benefits of saving time, reducing error, improving employees and client satisfaction. And I would say that's something else I just want to jump. Employee satisfaction is really important. The employees don't feel, oh, what do I do next? What do I do next? I guess I'm going to bother my supervisor or colleague what to do next. They don't have to do that. They get the overall sense of what they're doing. And then there's a step-by-step process. And so the employees, our employees really feel good using this. Um, and our customers do as well because they're not nagging people all the time. They know what they have to do and can go through it. Were you a person who was uh, always tech forward? I mean, were you an early adopter? And did you ever see yourself, uh, you know, did you did you think that founding a, a tech product for lawyers was something you'd ever do? I am. I'm tech forward. I'm not like the best of the best, but I definitely am tech forward. And I, I'm someone who, for example, always wants to get the, the latest version. And so I have our, our tech people, you know, if there's now a, a 0.6 and we only have the 0.5, let's get that in. I just feel that all those updates are better. Um, and I would say kind of regularly, though, probably just kind of the norm of people where, you know, this comes along and that comes along and maybe this could help us. So that can help us. And so I, I, I'll say, I, I, I wasn't really kind of a tech person in that sense, open to it, but that wasn't like, you know, my driving force for me, it's always making things easier and better as I go through my workday. And so what can we do to make this easier or better? And that's really what drove it more than kind of a particular ability or skill in tech. Okay. So this is this is really a very interesting departure for you. Yeah. So go, let's let's go ahead. So just, you know, story developing it. Currently these processes are available. We do have a little movie on the front, but what I'll do is just take you into it. And so this is the main dashboard and we have active procedures and then templates that are available. You can also, I mean, this is, I'm signing into, you know, one of mine, but if for somebody new, they can buy the templates and there's a whole list of them. These all say zero because I've already purchased them, but normally these are a couple hundred dollars. Although once you buy one and let's say the perm, you know, it shows the most recent update and we are constantly updating it. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, you know, about kind of how that's done. You can get the most recent version for free after you've already purchased one. So what do these templates look like? So we'll go in and, and just look at one. We can go into, let's say the H1B should be, yeah, let's go in and use an H1B just so you can kind of see what it's like. And so you can add a tag, the company, and maybe, a, you know, it could be a foreign national's name. And then as you come down on an H1B processing checklist, recall it in most case database systems, it's like, what's the checklist for doing an H1B? And, and most of those, the bigger case management systems, it's like, you know, prepare the case, file the case, get a receipt, 
and then send the approval or deal with the denial. And this is way different. And again, this is the missing piece to all of that, although there are workflows in those ones. But this is really a very robust version. What do you do with an H-1B? Well, first is the attorney assessment. You know, are there maintenance status issues, et cetera? Will they actually qualify? Is it a specialty occupation? And in here, then, we have citations to the rele relevant regulation that's coming through here. And what you're going to see in all these steps is this is really the legal analysis side. I would say it's really best to for an attorney or a really seasoned paralegal um, because they'll know then, you know, this is what I have to do. I have to do this legal research by going on to the ONET uh, online to find out what the classification is. Remote work issues, there a problem there. Required wage, higher of actual or prevailing wage. I got to tell you, most attorneys, most immigration attorneys don't even recognize this distinction and just do the prevailing wage and not the actual wage. We put in a citation that shows you have to really be looking at the higher of these two wages. We also want to take a look at the very beginning of the case. Is there a future green card case down the road that we're all of this, you'll see this is very detailed with the legal analysis. Yeah, sure. It's very detailed. I, I mean, it seems to me that there's really a tremendous efficiency achieved. You've got both some administrative steps and you've got legal analysis steps, which means that the attorney does not have to go through and search through other resources, treatises, or other places to find this particular regulatory reg citations or statutory citations that you should be looking at to make sure that your case is really falling squarely within, you know, the legal qualifications. So, I mean, by by distilling that, you really distill that that lawyer thought process down into a step by step checklist, and it's it's really invaluable. And I will say, very intelligently done. Thank you so much. And, and it's really, it's interesting. And I, I, paralegals are the best. They're amazing. But the reality is that a lot of the automation tools that are available now really are cutting out the admin paralegal work, but they can't, those automated tools can't make a decision as to which is the best, you know, way to handle uh, someone who's going to be traveling while the H-1B is in process or whatever. Um, and I really think nowadays it's really the legal analysis that is going to carry a case because there's so many automation tools. As an example, in 1997, I had 10 paralegals for yeah. myself. You know, now we have four attorneys and two paralegals. It's wow. really the structure of a law firm has really changed. And I think what this does is kind of just give an example of how the important issues here and preventing malpractice are, are legal issues much more than what it used to be, which was just, you know, making sure you didn't miss a deadline. And that's a super important point that you just mentioned. And, and it's actually, that's actually striking to me. You went from two attorneys and 10 paralegals to four attorneys and two paralegals. One attorney and 10 paralegals was what it was in 1997. I had 10 paralegals as a business immigration attorney. I mean, it's mind-blowing now when I think about all the review I had to do. <laughs> you had to pay that whole staff to keep the machine running like that. Now what you've got is you've got more earners, the, you know, the people who are really 
billing, and then you've, uh, by leveraging technology, you've re tremendously reduced your overhead, you've tremendously increased the size of your billing engine. Absolutely. Uh, just a couple other things in here. As you work through a case, if there's, if you want to add a note, you can say, uh, I picked, you know, this one or whatever, did it because blah, 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 blah. You can throw in a note to your colleague. Um, and also as things are done and you check off something, aside from a cool check, I love the way they built this point. It has your name and the date that something was done. And, you know, on an H1B case, actually we'll see, I can show you if firms need it, but those cases can take weeks, months, years. And, and a lot of times you just don't remember what, you know, what did I do on that? Why did we do this? And you can go back and find what was done when, and also if there ends up being a problem, you know, you can go back and go, gosh, did, did someone actually do this analysis? Yes. I see that, you know, Kathy reviewed that. Where did the issue come up? Oh, I know. I see now she wrote a, a note about, a, you know, I don't know what worked teaching piano during F1, what do we do, you know, and kind of how we deal with the issue or that, whatever it is. And so it's again, then easy to see what happened on a case. One of the wonderful things that I love about this is people can go on vacation and we don't have to worry. We don't have to stress out over where they were on a given case. We can just pop right in here and see what's been done, how far they got, you know, did we get the LCA back? What's going on. I mean, this is, a, here's a one, determine required actions for family members. You know, that came up because sometime, you know, 2007 or something, somewhere along the line, an attorney, could have been me, forgot to analyze the family member issues. Well, that comes back to haunt you. <laughs> Got to make sure to do that. And as kind of obvious as a step as that was to think, I mean, granted done thousands of cases, but that that was missed at some point you can't can't do it so these these checklists are really ways to just make sure that everything is done that you need to to do and i just you know actually i should really show this to my malpractice insurance company because i should get a discount to everything <laughs> um and have you i mean have you received positive feedback uh, from oh, yeah. Barbara, so yeah, I mean, what are some, can you share any success stories or any feedback that you've received? Yeah, just uh, a lot. And I think there's some on the front page of that. You know, people just say it's just so easy to use. And it's been interesting because I thought it would be the more junior attorneys, but we actually have some subscribers who are very seasoned, but they may not really work completely in a certain area. For example, an attorney who's a family-based attorney but wanted to do a TN and thought, you know, I've been doing immigration law for 20 years. I ought to be able to do a TN, but I've never done one before. And she got on, she got the TN template, and she was able to do a TN because she's a lawyer and she can go through the legal issues and she could figure out what to do just from looking at this. And so it's that's been an interesting to surprise to see how people who may really concentrate in one area, but are certainly capable of doing a different type of case, can pull this up and then be able to do the case you know, it's still cases are hard, but it's very doable with this sort of uh, template checklist. Oh, and one other thing, and I can show you on another one, but we can talk about some other things, is um, we do have templates and, you know, samples of documents, attorney cover letters, support documents for O's, that sort of thing, uh, which then helps people because sometimes you, you sit down to write a 
company letter of support or some sort of letter of support, attorney cover letter, and you kind of don't know where to start. And so having the framework really, really helps with that. Well, there's a lot of changes that go on in the policies and uh, regulations. And if you're um, you know, citing to different sections and, and so forth, I mean, what I'm getting at is how do you stay updated with the changes in the regs, changes in policies so that the templates remain current and accurate? Yeah. And we were just constantly keeping updated and whether it's, you know, USCIS policy, whether it's kind of everybody knows that a certain consulate is, you know, does something. I mean, that's a little too specific for this, but we make updates. And I would say, you know, some of our checklists don't need to be updated for a year. Other ones, it might be every few months where something changes, or sometimes it's the order of doing things. And so we then want to move around that, uh, you know, a given step. And I'll just do another share real quick, um, just to give an example of how that would work. You know, let's say that, I don't know, down the road, you know, if it got the LCA certifications, you can go into the templates and change this to be four days. Wouldn't that be wonderful if they did them in four days? Or on on a on a perm that the you know prevailing wage check back in six months. You know, have you gotten your prevailing wage yet? If it goes out to a year, we'll make that kind of switch. Or even you know along the way, we might I don't know what. And and the other thing is every firm is different, and so on a given one. And let me actually just jump up to the templates. First of all, people can create their own. And so you can actually clone one. And then you, you customize it. And you customize it, exactly. And so we can say, yeah. So duplicate it. And then if you want to then call this, you know, your version of whatever, and you want a few steps in the, in the beginning, you can actually then add steps. And I'm wondering if. Um, or let's say move things around. So through here, you can put that, let's say down here, you know, I can actually add a step. So let's say first, I want to add an extra step. There it is. We're going to move that up because let's say at the front, that just had to do with where the steps were that I want to say, uh, you know, give invoice to Mary whatever you know in other words at your firm if you want to have that in as a step you can just have all of these different things that are for you or your firm we also do a lot listening to the clients so if uh, our customers i have to say there's not a lot that feedback that we get i think it's because we used it internally here for so long that it's really been uh, tested out but we love hearing from people hey i want to be able to I think it was through a suggestion they wanted to have a due date on a given procedure. And so if you're, you know, working on a case, you can have a given due date set. So we added that in. Now, do you have integrations with any of the big major calendars like Outlook or Google Calendar? Where it does not yet. It not does yet. not yet. That's a type of thing that we could add in, and we, we're definitely working on that. So let's say the firm has the one of the firm wants to create a step at the beginning, you know, sign retainer agreement. It's and they want to incorporate their templated retainer agreement, or they have a memo that they, re, they have the client sign. So that can be incorporated in. Absolutely. Absolutely, that can be. You started working on this in 2018, and it was, you know, a little over a year ago or so that the generative AI really just burst into everybody's consciousness. So, 
Has the the dawn of the generative AI, has that affected the development of the product? Do you have any plans for incorporating AI-related features into it? Not at this point, because, you know, I just, it's more really a piece. And I think where we're likely going to do is be able to use this. I mean, I really already immigration attorneys can use this in conjunction with whatever database they're using. And so I think at some point we will likely work in conjunction within uh, one of these case databases. And to the extent that that they have AI stuff, I think that could work. Um, a lot of that is above my knowledge of tech. So we have a, a, one of my partners in Lisa is a software developer. And so he talks all the tech talk. So, so far, no on AI, um, but see what the future brings. <laughs> I would say it kind of AI goes to kind of the automated piece of all of this. And this of, 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 you know, tech in general, this program is really more the legal analysis side. Certainly there's a place for AI in that. When you, you know, I'm just thinking, you know, just thinking that if you have templated documents, then, you know, you could be uh, popping stuff, popping things in and incorporating certain research or other auto population yep. features. Yep. Totally. And that should be able to be done. And I think it will be done. Uh, I mean, do you want to share I, uh, again? Um, can you share anything about um, future developments or, or direction? Yeah, actually, we did set up. We built it in a way that in the future, other people can contribute their checklists. Now we haven't opened that up yet, um, but what the plan was what is that other seasoned immigration attorneys and how we would kind of be able to call those people and find those people is a different issue, but who maybe could do this in a different area of immigration law than I do. So I'm, you know, I wouldn't be able to I don't know, really even work on anything about asylum or anything that's scary to me. And I know for my asylum friends, doing a perm is scary, but um, so that, but what we can, and they will be able to sell their templates. And so we built that in when we built it is that other people could sell their templates. And so that is definitely going to be a future uh, feature. That is great to hear. And how many templates are available currently? Currently it's 16. I think after this weekend, we'll add at least one more. We um, like to add one a month, but that's been slow because some other things going on right now with respect to development, but we are picking the speed back up on that. And that's something else where we listen to customer feedback. You know, I want to see the multinational manager template. We might then move that up the list. And so we're finishing these up. Now note that we've already built all of these, um, but I like everything to be perfect before we launch. So I'm looking for commas in the wrong place or making sure that the um, links are all valid and that sort of thing before they go live. And are they all employment-based immigration, which is your strong suit, or are there any for other areas? No, just uh, business immigration. That's my knowledge base. Like we do have two, just to show examples, because you can use this platform for other things like onboarding a new employee, offboarding, terminated employee or someone who's leaving. And so you could use it for a variety of different reasons. So we threw those in to encourage users to come up with their own checklists as well, because they're pretty easy to build. And you described that you got into this because you're really a management and efficiency oriented person. So, I mean, what would be some advice that you would give, let's say, to immigration attorneys who would like to get into uh, maybe starting their own practice, especially if they're going to do business immigration, in terms of how to think about being as efficient as possible in their practice? 
keeping really good notes, getting lessons learned is a big one. <laughs> you make a mistake, fix your processes, setting up processes. I mean, that's really what drives efficiencies are being able to figure out what are our processes so that each case doesn't have to start from scratch. Okay, what is the intake? How do we smooth the intake? How does it get assigned? How does it get analyzed? How's, how does it get processed? And really tracking all of those to-dos. Would love it if you used Lista to do it, but I think that's super, super important. And also having, you know, the most important thing for me and new immigration attorney is knowing your regulations and having a good set, whether online or paper, with easy to find sites and that sort of thing. There's a lot of good research tools out there, but having that available and then merging it all together with your processes so that you know how to do things. And even if it's just you and you're not, you're, you're going to be a sole practitioner your whole career, having the how-to set forth makes your life easier. You know, for people who have done this a long time, there's always like, wasn't there a case that we did? It was about five years ago, blah, blah, blah. You want to have a, a way to know how did you do that case? And you can follow that even though you'll be making improvements. So reading the regs, huge. You know, joining an organization, there's so many great ones out there. Ayla is an amazing one because we as attorneys all share and support each other. I think that's critical as well. And leveraging technology, you can't, I don't. I think it'd be very tough to to practice immigration law now without a a strong database to keep everything together. Well, you mentioned um, your desire to uh, possibly integrate with a case management platform. What are some of the other hope for integrations that you you, you think Lista might engage in? We mentioned calendar. Yeah, I mean, calendar, and I would say making uh, more robust of the workflows. I think right now the case database systems have workflows, some triggers that remind you to send out an email, and I think a blending of that would be great, although I really do want to listen to admins, paralegals, and attorneys. Do we want them together in one place, or does an admin want a separate one? My belief is it's going to be that everything together is a way to work. That way you're kind of collaborating in one space. But so I think it's really going to be building out the Lisa checklist with automatic triggers, sending out emails, likely pre-set that you could always customize. I'm, I'm a believer in using templates, but customizing them for every single case. So I, I'm hopeful that that's what we can do. So it can just go trigger, trigger, boing, 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 all the way down a case within a case management system. And your own tech stack in the office, I mean, apart from a case management platform and Lista, are, are there, you know, what would be sort of your greatest hits of, of technology that you've really found game changing? I mean, I imagine, you know, that Kate Law, uh, Law Partners is a completely different in, uh, than when you started it. I mean, technology changed so much. And, you know, what would your, um, you know, your greatest hits be in terms yeah, of- Yeah, I mean, Adobe has been amazing for us. and. And I remember when it first started and you couldn't really do much with it. You just crank on a dock, you know, but now being able to manipulate it, I think is fantastic. And the, the packaging of our case files um, and the other, I would say the biggest thing that's been amazing for us is going paperless. We do still have some paper. I still like legal pads with the lines on them and stuff, but really it's been a big project and a wonderful project to have, you know, tons of these big file boxes and over the years 
getting rid of them as the case is, you know, after six years, we get rid of them or five years. Let's talk about that. I mean, as an employment-based immigration, to what extent nowadays do you think it's possible to, number one, be paperless, number two, uh, practice remotely in employment-based immigration? Oh, I think both of those very, very doable. You know, unfortunately, with with the government, we still have to largely send paper files in, and they still get lost, whether it's at USCIS or FedEx or whatever it is. But they're definitely, I think, the government wants to go that way. So. Yeah, they're coming out with the I-129. Yes, and, being, and we try to do those. Um, we're kind of, you know, early adopters, even though we oh, this isn't as good now that I see because you don't get whatever it is or receipt in time or something like that. Um, but we love to jump on those uh, government um, advances. And I know they've been talking about transformation for probably 15 years, but um, I do think the day will come. And actually, that really ties into one of the important things about LISTA. Um, at some point in the future, USCIS is going to be able to connect all of one company's cases and look at them easily or all of a foreign national's cases and look at them easily. And so if you have a foreign national who said, oh, yeah, I had this degree back here and I have this degree and it's equivalent to this now and this job requires that, and that makes me nervous to have different things in different filings because I think at some point in the future, USCIS will be able to go back and go, what's the deal? You said this on an H and you said this on the perm and this on the, what the, what's going on here? And L1A, then L1B, L1B, L1A, whatever it is. And Lista, allow, you have to think about that as one of the steps is, what is this going to mean in a perm case? You know, how was this case handled before? And I think it's, we, we believe it's really important to think ahead to the person until they get citizenship. <laughs> What is this one filing? What effect is that going to have on a future filing? I think that's really critical. It's, again, the legal analysis. It's not just doing a case. It's thinking through the legal strategy for this person way into the future. Got it. And um, so it's, talk, to, talk to us about any upcoming initiatives or partnerships uh, or let's say, activities that Lista uh, is engaged in? Are you, are you out at the conferences uh, vending at this point? Yeah, we're going around and speaking at the conferences. I haven't gone through the whole, you know, set up a whole thing at a conference yet, but uh, we've, uh, I've gone and spoken at various conferences and, and uh, done some advertising that way. I think we, we launched to the public in September, and it's been fun and exciting to get the little email notices, another customer, another customer and stuff. So, uh, you know, I have to say there's a lot of these pieces that I, I'm just an old immigration attorney. And so learning how to market and learning the technology piece and looking for partners, all of that is new. It's exciting. It's fun for me, but I'm not like the big experienced person that knows how to do that. I'm, I'm winging it and learning along the way. Well, that's, you know, there's the first time for everything. Um, do you, I mean, are you provide, do you provide uh, any training or onboarding support for your subscribers when they, when they subscribe to the product? Yeah. When they subscribe, our, our VP customer insights contacts a person, let us know if there's anything we can help with. If you have any questions, I have to say it's pre a pretty easy platform. So we, ha I don't even know if we've had any who said, I don't know how to do this or that. And so, but the, but that, you know, as they're onboarding, then we have direct communication with our customer persons who, who can then quickly answer questions at any time, either through the contact screen, email, whatever it is, 
uh, they can contact us. So I would say it's more that we're hearing, you know, suggestions of what do you want next as, as far as the next template as um, rather than any kind of, um, you know, a technical issue. Got it. And, you know, a big concern for everybody who's a lawyer um, is, you know, the security of their client's data and their confidentiality. So what measures does Lisa take to ensure security and confidentiality for users? And yeah, it's very, very tight security. I was very much, as we were building the platform, um, I, we, that was critically important. We actually also, our firm represents, you know, big companies that have kind of every January, this huge security thing you go through. So both our software developer and my IT folks uh, collaborated to make sure that things were very, very tight. I have to say, I don't understand, again, all those technology issues. I do H-1Bs for people that understand those issues, but, um, uh, but I know that that was critically important uh, in the development of the platform. We're on AWS is, the, is what is the service we're on. Okay. Uh, now, besides immigration lawyers and firms, or perhaps an immigration lawyer working in-house, uh, have you had inquiries from companies who would like to do in-house processing of their own visa petitions, and, and would you subscribe them? Can they use the service as well? I That's interesting, and, I, and definitely would be good. I have to say I don't know because I just haven't looked at our list of, of customers re, you know, in the last two weeks or so. Um, my bet is there probably is at least one out there. Um, but I think definitely it could be. It could be used uh, in the house, no, you know, easily. Um, it's a type of thing, and then that way, if they also then use outside counsel for different things, they would be able to show how they worked on a case. I know we do, you know, many a lot of work for for companies that have inside uh, groups, legal departments, immigration departments, and it certainly helps us. So yeah, it, it certainly could be used in house at the big places that do their own. Uh, immigration processing. And is there a way within the platform uh, for team members within a, a law firm to uh, collaborate and communicate with each other while they're working on the case? Yes, absolutely. So you join as an organization to start, and then you can invite your team members. We charge $20 per person per seat per month, and then you buy um, templates. And once one person in an organization buys a template, that's it. You, that's the only time you have to buy it for the whole organization. So everybody can use that template. Again, if somebody wants to get an updated one, they can see whether it's been updated. And so a colleague in your office can then take it, either use the one that's there, uh, use your own custom one, if you've built your own custom one, or you can collaborate. And that's one of the things that we added the notes in so that you can tell your colleague why you did something a little bit odd or provide an explanation to your colleagues. So it's a great tool to know where everybody is on any given case at any given time. Uh, we saw some of the examples. You mentioned PERM, H-1B. I saw L-1A in there. Can you want to give us a few more examples? Yeah, of sure. Sure of what we have right now. The O's I know we've built out a lot. Yeah. So H, L-1A, L-1B, O-1A, O. You know, each of these is different. It's interesting because I'm also working on Schedule A Group 2, and then I realized there's like four different Schedule A Group 2 cases, and, and it's hard to combine them. You really have to make them, them uh, separate. But these are examples. This is funny because it's H4, I-765 BAD. That's a, it's a hard case. It seems like it'd be easy, but there's a lot of steps to proving eligibility. So that's kind of, um, that's just fun. National Just Waiver. These are the ones that are available now, and we hope 
add, I would say, at least one a month, and we'll just keep on adding and growing. And how detailed are, uh, apart from meeting sort of the prongs, the various prongs of eligibility for that categorization, is there anything else in the analysis about other potential grounds of inadmissibility or other things which could derail the case other than, you know, does it meet, you know, the requirements for that visa category? Yeah. I mean, because, I mean, things like this one, it's, it sounds silly, but Oh, I don't have to deal with, you know, in a perm, in a perm case, I don't have to deal with maintenance of status issues. Yeah, you do. Like you need to find that out now before you're at the end of the perm case. So it's, it's, you know, a lot, a lot of detail. Check NIV history. That's something else. You know, you don't want to get to the I-140 and then realize, oh goodness, they didn't have work authorization for a certain time or they said they worked at this company, but the H approval is for this other company. We want to straighten that out at the front end. And so these are the, this is the kind of detail, but you know what? It's, it's re- you need to, they're all required to do the case. You have to do all of this kind of so stuff. The, the checklist sort of uh, anticipate next steps in the process, right? Term checklist has things in there that are going to pertain to anticipating what you're going to be doing in the I-140. Yeah. Yeah. The four level worksheet, you know, a lot of, people kind of like, how do you tell what level? Well, there's a way. There's this thing that came out from Department of Labor that says how to do it. Now, how would a young attorney who's never done a perm before in a million years, they wouldn't know what to do on that? You know, it's just, it's very detailed. I haven't, yeah, I haven't seen, I haven't seen one that incorporates both the administrative tasks and the legal analysis in exactly the way that you have. I mean, uh, can you think of anything else that sets Lista apart from other tools or software used by immigration lawyers? Yeah. And I, I mean, here's on the H-1B, I wanted to give an example of the templates. And I think to me, so here's a sample letter of support. And so this shows with the little um, clip here. And so this is for a change of status or change of employer. This is for an extension of stay. And so it can be downloaded. And we'll see. I wonder when I guess I'll have to do. Let me just do a quick show. Okay, so this is just a letterhead. And I'm kind of the one that I would say to my staff, you know, give me a draft, put a date on it, and I'm good to go. You know, like, just give me something to go on. So this clearly does that. And this is, again, the kind of thing where we would love to work with the database to get, you know, the little macros popped in that would just pop right in with the petitioning employer's name and the beneficiary's name and that sort of thing. These are all things that could be macroed to pop right in. You could probably pop in a description of the business. I mean, this is really the way USCIS expects to see a case presented. And again, for a new attorney, they kind of know what to do, but to be able to see that is, is, you know, just so helpful to them. So having that ability, I think is really critical. And I would say in comparison to others, there's others out there, but, but they're pieces of paper. They're word docs. They're a book. I mean, what are you going to do? Rip out the book pages and make Xeroxes of it to do a case? I just, those are, they're, they're limiting when they're on a piece of paper as opposed to being on a platform that you can utilize. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, uh, hey, uh, we're long past the, the point of doing these things on paper. Um, uh, Catherine, it's a, it is a really, um, your creation is an, is really a beautiful product. And I think there's been really the, the level of uh, detail and careful thought research. And, and actually, you can see the years of experience 
uh, that have been distilled into those very detailed checklists. So I really congratulate you. Um, now, when I when I have guests here on the podcast, I usually do just ask them, and I hope they'll indulge me. I like to sort of get a sense of people as well-rounded individuals. So I took a look at your LinkedIn profile, and I just want to hear sort of far from all your work with Leaston and running your law firm, you know, sort of what what else uh, you're you're into. And I noticed some interesting things. You're you're also on the uh, board of trustees of the Mount Wilson Institute. What's that about? Yes, yeah, so Mount Wilson is an observatory up in Los Angeles above Pasadena, where in the 1900s, Hubble worked, but also, you know, many, Mickelson and, and uh, Einstein was up there, and they did some amazing discoveries up there. And I think because of the notoriety of uh, Griffith Observatory, people forget that Mount Wilson was the one where the real science was done and where we found our place in the galaxy, in, in the universe, because it was where Hubble discovered that there is more to the universe than just the Milky Way. And of course, now from the Hubble telescope that was up in the, uh, you know, it's been given this amazing information for the last 20 years or so, we've learned that there's billions of galaxies out there. So you can see I'm excited about this. I love right. astronomy. Not this big cosmology. How did, you, how did you get into astronomy? Because I'm very into astronomy and astronomy. And you gotta, you gotta perhaps, come visit Mount Wilson. <laughs> and I, I don't, I don't really run into that many people in the law who are into that. So how did you come in? Yeah, it was. You know, I grew up in Pasadena, and Pasadena is a, a mecca of science with Caltech and and um, sure. JPL and Carnegie Observatory. Yeah. And so it was really going to listen to a lecture, you know, from one of Carl Sagan's assistants or something at a Caltech place. Uh, with my dad, and we would just listen, and, and I just loved all of that. And then through my participation in things in Pasadena, I was asked to then uh, do more with respect to uh, Carnegie Observatories and then to be on the board up at Mount Wilson. And we love, and we're going to continue to work on bringing Mount Wilson really to the world because it's an amazing place with an amazing scientific history, and so it's it's something near and dear to my heart. Well, I absolutely, next time I'm out in that area of California, no, no, no. because I'm totally into astronomy and cosmology, and uh, I I really need to see this place. Um, it's so great to-, to Now, are you, are you going to be able to see the eclipse then? Because it's not going to be on our side of the country. It's in April 8th, I think it is, so you got to find a place to drive to. I will check, I will check it out. Get the cool glasses to be I, able to I, see yeah. it. <laughs> And then you're you're also on the board of directors of the Academy of Magical Arts. So that's a private club dedicated to promoting the art of magic. I mean, where how, how did you get into that? That's so funny. It's the other side of my personality, I guess. Science and art. Um, and I'm no longer. I was on the board of directors for I think four and a half years or so. Um, but it's just a fun place. I love, um, you know, that that type of art. Uh, magic. I just, I, even as a kid, I just loved it. I'm not myself a performer. I just love to watch it and to see the artistry of how it's done. It's just so interesting and fun and fabulous and awesome. And so I became a member of the Magic Castle many, many years ago, decades, and then uh, did a lot of volunteer work there and then was elected to the board of directors actually three times. And then that's, that's a, that's a, a tall order though. So with everything else going on, uh, I had, I'm still a member. I, I'm actually going Monday night. And so I, that's something else we can do when you come into Los Angeles, James. <laughs> for sure. For, for sure. And, and you know, I, it, 
you're so busy with Lista and with running your firm and with these other interests. I mean, so I always try to ask people, so what are your tips for wellness and balance in your life? How do you how do you manage being a successful attorney with a, a product that you've now started and 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 staying, you know, staying healthy and taking care of yourself? Yeah, so I, I love exercise. So during COVID, I built a little gym in my in my uh, garage. I can now call it a rec room. And so, uh, you know, a lot of strength and Peloton, hiking, biking, swimming. I just love all of that type of exercise. I, I clearly, there's some chemical that makes you happy after you work out, or at least for me. And so that's wonderful. And then, you know, really having some downtime. And so saying no and, and you know, unfortunately saying no to some things so that I can have downtime and spend time quietly with my family or um, cooking or whatever it is to really have some of that Zen time. Um, and I also, I love watching sports too. So I'm, I'm a sports nut. We do a lot of sports cases at my firm. Um, so whether it's watching or participating, I'm all into sports. So it's great to hear. I, I really love hearing how people, you know, sort of uh, incorporate wellness, take care of themselves, because you have to recharge. You have to, in order to be able to come to things with a fresh mind, it's about taking care of yourself and, and having boundaries and having balance. So, yep. So love, love hearing it. Catherine, um, it's, it's been a fascinating discussion. I've really enjoyed having you and love looking at Lista. So I wish you the absolute best with it. And I'm sure we're going to keep uh, following you and see seeing how it develops and and really good luck with continued development of the product thank you so much and thanks so much for the opportunity and thanks to you for this amazing podcast it's a great one and i i envy your ability to be able to bring information like this and from others uh to the nation so thanks for what you do as well you're you're very welcome i appreciate that